This is Tyran Jackson, and you're now tuned in to the Denial Azure Radio. Good afternoon, Tyran, and welcome to Denial Azure Radio. How are you? I am doing well. How about yourself? I am good. I am good. I met this amazing gentleman through my uh, through Tia, aka this vision of Vons. <laughs> and she was a phenomenal host, so I, uh, a phenomenal guest last time. So I know that anyone she recommends is definitely going to be on point. So you are a speaker, an author, and a life coach, correct? Yes, uh, that is true. So what made you want to be a life coach? Ooh, so this is going to be an interesting topic, interesting story. So I'm going to give the short version of this story that drove me to going to where I was, okay? Okay. So four and a half years ago, I was working as an engineer, and I've been an engineer for 18 years leading up to that point. At this point in time, four and a half years ago, my wife at the time, Malika, she and I were getting ready to celebrate our 15th wedding anniversary, and we decided to take a trip to the Bahamas to get away from everything during that time. The first two days there were great. On the third day, we decided to get on a small boat to go on an excursion and tour the island. And five minutes to the ride, the boat exploded. Wait, hold on, wait, wait, before, hold on. Wait, before you can, you just said on your anniversary, the boat ex- exploded? The boat exploded, yes. Whew, okay, continue. So, This is the short version of it. As a result, my former wife died. I was left face down on the surface of this burning boat. And I had to literally pull myself away from flames in order to not die at that moment and then get pulled off of the boat by passengers from a second boat before the second fuel tank exploded. I ended up going to a hospital. I had to call our son who was 12 years old, staying with his uncle while we were on vacation. Tell them over the phone that your mom is not coming home. I found myself in a hospital bed where I literally saw the EKG monitor over my head and saw all of my vital signs go from green to yellow to red. I was broken physically, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, and pretty much any other way that you can imagine. The life that I knew was just suddenly taken away from me. Now, I say that to say that I was, there were times through my journey where it was clear that I needed to be resilient in order to move forward. And that resilience led me to being able to, to, to learn how to, how to live again, how to take control of life. And it wasn't all by myself. It was a lot of different aspects that allowed me to be able to recover and regain control of my life again. I had to have my left leg amputated in order to survive. And so I went from being someone who was truly broken in so many ways to having opportunities spring up as I was being reborn and recreated as a person that helped me understand the true value of life, understand that the pain can create your purpose and being able to move past the grief and the mental health challenges and all of the everything else associated with dealing with that type of pain. In moving in that direction, God told me, you're not going to go back to the life that you had. You're not going to go back to being an engineer. You're going to do something different. And as I started regaining confidence in myself and trying to figure out this path, 
It led to me speaking and providing people hope, inspiration, and motivating them that you can overcome whatever situation you have. And this ended up leading me into coaching people who are going through traumas, tragedies, and transitions in life to make the transformation they can to become triumphant. That's the short version, Denaya, but that, that explains how I got into this. So many people are suffering, struggling, and don't know how to get control of their life again. And so I give a perspective and help walk people through some of the positive steps you can take and the pitfalls that you need to avoid in order to be able to regain control of your life again. My condolences. I can't even imagine um, going through that kind of tragedy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I lost my mother four years ago to COVID cancer. Yeah, you understand so, the that goes with someone close to you being taken yeah. away. That's incredibly hard. And so um, how did you help your son to be able to cope with that at such a young age? So this was a difficult thing. He was 12 going on 13 at the time. And he not only had to deal with the fact that his mother was no longer here, just like that, but he also had to see his dad in a weakened state. For a long time, I was in a back brace in a wheelchair. I was moving on crutches after I finally could get on crutches. And the person he saw as his superhero was not a superhero anymore. So he had a lot of pain to have to deal with himself. Um, one of the most important steps that I did was to make sure that we did grief counseling together in order to make sure that he could express his feelings and emotions about all the change that was occurring and about the loss and how to grieve his mother. Because uh, his relationship with her was different than my relationship. She was my wife, my lover, my best friend, the person who I was building a business with. But to him, that was mom. So yeah. it, it took a lot to be able to get him to get to a point where he could really talk about how he was truly feeling. And on top of that, it was important for me as best as I could. And I was emotionally broken as well, but to make sure that I made it easy for him to talk and that, that we were uh, growing our bond closer and closer every day because we were all we had with one another. And being present as a parent to a, a 12, 13 year old is something that is, is, is hard to do under normal circumstances sometimes. But to definitely do it under those that situation was a difficult thing. But we made it. And, and since then, you know, I understood that he needed emotional breaks as well, because sometimes life can be overwhelming, and especially for these kids with just everything that's normal that's happening. And then when you add on to the fact that, you know, kids don't know how to how to provide the support when you're grieving. Here's an example. Just like you said earlier, my condolences to you. And I appreciate that. Kids will go up to him and say, I'm sorry your mom's dead. Mean the same, you know, it, it's the way that it comes across and is received is completely different. And that can trigger, you know, an emotional pain just in the way that things are, are delivered. So I had to learn his cues and what was going to be triggering to him. And I had to learn to be supportive and be strong in times where I was really weak, but in order to help support one another getting through this time. Absolutely. And it's interesting that you said that statement 
you know, the one thing that I want people to take away from this specifically, especially when it comes to friends or they've lost loved ones, the best thing to not say is, man, I don't know how you get through that. I don't know what I would do if that would happen to me. I wouldn't be able to go on. That's not helpful at all. You're not being sympathetic. It's incredibly rude. And now we're like, why am I talking to you right now? <laughs> this is the worst date that I've been in a very long time. And this is this is the best you can do. You could have just said, no, condolences have been done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, and so and and you're right, it, it does take um kids in general have a lot to deal with. A lot yeah. more than most people want to realize. They're like, oh, what that what's that kid worried about? What problems do they have? Uh, kids today have a lot more pressures than people yeah. want to uh, acknowledge. And they're yeah. a lot smarter than people think as well. You know, I was talking to uh, some friends earlier. I was saying how how young kids can start to learn. And kids can start to learn as young as like two and three. And they're sponges at that time. So, you know, so, so, so lucky for him, he had you there to, to work through it with. Um, how important is it for people to go through grief counseling when they lose someone? Well, I, I say that going through grief counseling was is so important. And let me just start off by saying this. Uh, counseling and therapy as a whole is something that I think people need to understand that there's value for, value to. Um, we don't know we don't, most of us don't know how to deal with emotional uh, heartache and things that trigger us. And so when we're having to, to, to deal with something that is so traumatic as losing someone close to you, we can really be, be messed up in the head afterwards. It can really change us. And what it can do is cause us to, to approach life and see things in a different way, in a way that might be harmful and destructive to us. And even more so, it could put us in a state of being stuck or feeling bad for ourselves. And then that's where the depression starts to come in. And that's where they're just not being able to get past that moment. And, you know, being able to talk about and, and to, to effectively deal with that grief is what I think the grief counseling and therapy is really ideal for. So for anybody who is going through situations where they've lost someone close to themselves and they don't know what the next step that they need to take is, uh, I highly recommend that going and finding a good grief counselor who you feel comfortable about talking about that person and that loss that they're having, those type of things. I think that's great. I think that's going to be necessary in order to help them to move forward. Definitely. Why do you think it is that in the African-American community, we choose not to go to therapy? What do you think has been the deterrent for so long? Oh, no. I, so this was, look, the <laughs> reason why in the african-american community that we don't do those things is you got to go back and look at what our parents and grandparents uh misconceptions were on therapy and counseling and i you know i grew up in a small town in alabama and you know everybody there thought that only crazy people went to therapy mm -hmm. and that something must truly be wrong with you if you're going to some type of counseling and therapy. Now, that's looking at things from a negative perspective. And if you're doing that, then, you know, and then the thing about it is, is that those uh, those misconceptions get passed on 
until you take an action to actually prove that that's not the case. And so I didn't do therapy for 39 years of my life. And so I, not to say that I believe that therapy was only for crazy folks, but I didn't see it being a necessary um, step that I needed to take in order to keep my life in order. What I've learned since having to go through that is that, you know, going and getting the right type of help and the right type of counseling is a part of being able to, you know, really be to, to, to improve your overall quality of life and state of well-being. And so it's almost like, you know, when you go to the gym and work out, you go to the gym and work out and stay in good shape mm -hmm. and to have, you know, overall good health and even get stronger. Well, when you go through counseling, it does the same thing for you mentally and emotionally. And I think that's powerful. And that's something that a lot of us overlook that probably need to have. Absolutely. And speaker, author, motivate, uh, speaker, author and life coach, Tyron Jackson is my guest here on Denia Azure Radio. I think that um, another thing that I would say is that a lot of people have the misconception or they've been told, you know, what happens in this house stays in this house. Mm -hmm. I think that's also been an issue as well that we have to get past. Yeah. Because that's had a lot of kids um, keeping their trauma yeah. to themselves. And ultimately that that harms them because they're keeping all this bottled up. And then you wonder when they get to be adults, they, you know, they're having some emotional issues because they weren't able to express anything when they were at home or something was wrong at home. They weren't able to tell anyone something was wrong. Yeah. So, you know, I think that comes back to a level of vulnerability and being honest and everything. And sometimes, like you said, we don't, we're not encouraged to share what's really going on with us. And especially with somebody outside of that household, you know, like you said. It, and so what that does is I think that creates a defense mechanism. It causes us to be so protective of what we're doing and what's going on and really what is harming us, what is creating problems and pain in our life. And so when you're trying to mask that pain mm -hmm. and still keep going and that trauma still sitting there, well, it's going to eat you up from the inside. And so that's something that a lot of, lot of people carry around every day. And, you know, over time, those things are going to add up. They're going to manifest. They're going to multiply. And then we're going to find ourselves in even worse shape mentally and emotionally. And then you start wondering why, you know, somebody just, you know, snapped all of a sudden or somebody has, you know, who acts a certain way most of the time does something out of character and out of their normal behavior. Well, this is part of that reason why. And so, you know, being able to truly be vulnerable and understand where you are and express your emotions and also being able to be willing to accept help on how to address those things is another thing that can help you improve from, you know, this, this state of, you know, having life hold you hostage to some extent. So. Absolutely. So what has been one of your favorite moments on stage as a motivational speaker? Ooh, favorite moments on stage as a motivational speaker. Um, so I will say <laughs> my favorite and actually one of my worst moments uh, was when I, it was, it was the first time that I was actually brought on or asked to be on stage to speak. And I didn't speak until after the, the incident that I mentioned earlier. 
Um, but it was probably about eight months after the, the, the accident. And at that point in time, I hadn't really learned how to speak yet. But I was asked by a life insurance company to come to a retreat that they were having and actually share my story and try to connect with some of their agents who have to talk to people who have to go through, you know, when they're in that moment right. of pain. And so I spent, I think I spent a couple of days trying to write up something that would be very uh, profound and would be very uh, impactful. And when I got up there on the stage, I started it, but then I, I stopped everything that I put down and started mm -hmm. speaking from the heart and just sharing what my true feelings were. And at this point in time, I wasn't truly healed from the grief and the pain that I had gone through. So it was like I was breaking down and in therapy while I'm up here talking to a room, a crowd full of people. And it was it was a lot easier for me to go about it that way than to try to stick with what I thought I had prepared. Mm -hmm. But at the end of it was where the, 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 the satisfaction came, because after I was finished, I had so many people come to me and they said, look, you changed my life. Your story and what you went through makes me look at the things that I have in my life so much better, so much, you know, so much more uh, powerfully and from a different perspective. And like I said, it was if I rate that compared to the, the, the talks and the presentations I give now, oh, it was by far the worst. But it was the one that made me realize that my voice has power and my story has a meaning and it's going to mean something to other people who are going through so many challenges, so many things. So um, even though that was not my best one, that is the most memorable uh, performance that I've had because it really, really touched and changed people in the way that they look at those who are going through that pain of losing a close loved one. You know, I'm glad that you were the one that spoke to them because I think when it comes to life insurance and some, you know, and my practice attorneys and all that kind of stuff, a lot of them just see dollar signs. You help them to see a person. You help them to see a heart. You help them to see what is really important. And it's not just about getting a check. You yeah. are. It's about trying to rebuild yourself. And I think you honestly help to change their lives in terms of the way that they deal with their clients. Because now they're going to actually listen. Because they because through telling your story, and I'm glad that you said that you that you started to say what you wrote down, but then stopped because your story alone is impactful, is inspiring, is powerful. The fact that you were up there in eight months is <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, that's insane. That was taking a lot of strength uh, to be able to do that. But like I said, right there, that helped them to see. This, this is the part y'all don't see. You get to hear from someone who's witnessed this and still has to recover physically and emotionally and so raise this young king on top of it. You know what I'm saying? So that I'm sure that that definitely changed some lives. Yeah. And, you know, it's in hindsight, I look back at it. Um, it was it was someone who I knew really closely who asked me to be a part of it. I didn't think that I was ready, but I had committed to doing it. Right. And, and I wasn't ready. I really wasn't. However, 
sometimes, you know, you got to get past that fear or that, you know, uncertainty and just get up there and do it. And that was probably the one of the most important decisions that I could have ever made because it started the process of me learning that, like I said, my words, they can impact people's lives and my story can give people perspective. And so that I need to keep doing that. And so, and, and from that engagement, it led to a couple of other engagements. And so, you know, I got better, I did get better, but it was just a sign that if I would have said no to that, then I don't know what would have happened because you know I'm, I'm grateful. And then, like I said, sometimes life is about fulfillment. And I realized that it is fulfilling to me to know that I can share my story and it can change somebody's life. And so when we start looking at the ways that we provide value and purpose in this world, look, this is something I never thought I would be doing, but I'm so grateful that it's what I'm doing now. So. Absolutely. And Tyran Jackson, motivational speaker, author, and life coach. He is my guest here on Denia Azure Radio. So let's talk about your best moment on stage and what made it stand out. <laughs> my best moment on stage, uh, what made it stand out? Uh, I had an opportunity to speak at an event in Washington, D.C. earlier this year. It was a showcase event where there were going to be multiple speakers who were going to be able to present. And I had thought that I was going to have to keep my talk to around 15 minutes or so uh, getting up there. And I found out the day before that I was going to have 30 minutes to talk. So it was like, okay, I get to go into my full <laughs> keynote that I really like to get into. And so anyway, even though it was a change on short notice, uh, it gave me an opportunity to truly be able to to use my talk and my story in a way to emotionally connect with the crowd. So I got to be able to let the audience know how I felt as I was you know, waking up on the surface of that boat. I didn't go into it, but there was a moment where I was being wheeled into a clinic on a stretcher. And at that point in time, Malika, she was already in that clinic. And they have to hear the pain and the agony and her moans as I'm being making sure that that is descriptive in a way where people can touch that and feel that. But then I also had the opportunity. I don't like to spend too much time going into what happened because, you know, there's, there's a quote I like to use that it's not the adversity. It's your reaction to the adversity that defines your life story. So I like to emphasize how to react from situations. And when I go into the way that I recovered from things, the reaction had to do when I, you know, first learn how to take a step with the prosthetic leg and being able to move again and be able to be mobile and then being able to, to get to a place where I could walk and my walk turned into a jog and my jog turned into me running 5Ks and me learning how to swim with one leg and all these things I never imagined I thought I would be doing. But these are the moments and the times where you realize that you can do more than what you might think that you can do. You might find yourself being limited because of what other people might put upon you. But in reality, what it is, is that as you gain that confidence and you believe in yourself and you know that you're putting in the work, that you're going to get the results and the outcome that you're truly looking for. So, you know, these are the moments where, and anyway, like I said, your question was, what was the best moment? So I got to share all of that while I was on stage with that audience and not only make them feel my pain, but let them feel the pleasure of someone being able to take that loss, that setback, and let it be the catalyst to create their success and that everybody else can do that as well. 
That is definitely what's up. I love it. I absolutely love it. Oh my goodness. Oh, you have such a powerful story. So what led you to Taria Avant? How did y'all connect? So uh, we connected because one of the things that there, there was an organization that I was a part of uh, called Black CEO, where they help uh, entrepreneurs who are looking to build their business to be able to learn about a bunch of tools and resources and ways to really be able to uh, to build their business, to structure their business, and to give you the best chances for success. Uh, there's a lot of people who are out here playing business, but they want you to really play well in business. So with that said, uh, Taria was a someone who was a part of that organization, I guess, uh, years ago. And she's done her thing with being able to help, you know, authors and uh, coaches and, and entrepreneurs to be able to get their books out there and promote them to the world and being able to use that in order to generate multiple streams of, of revenue. It wasn't until actually about a year ago now, uh, it was last March, that I released the, my, the copy of my book. You'll see it right here over my shoulder, Choosing Resilience. And so as I was moving into that space, as I was starting to get, I won't say out of being a, uh, a professional speaker, but I was adding in the fact that I had a book that sort of chronicled my journey. Um, I started thinking, okay, well, this might be someone who can help me understand how to be able to get my book out there to the people who need to see it and use it and leverage it in order to enhance my business. So uh, that's how that's how I got introduced to Book Profits Club. And that's what helped me be able to, for, uh, as far as Taria being able to show people how to use that book and get the most out of it from a speaking standpoint, from a from from a coaching standpoint, from multiple areas, being able to use your book to be able to enhance and build your business. Absolutely, that's that's super dope. She's I, I met her uh, years ago when we were out on Periscope, and she's just so dynamic. Yeah. And so, literally, like the day of her interview, you hit me up, and I was like, "Okay, let me let me see." So I'm, I'm glad that you uh, that I was able to connect with you. Uh, because it's hearing your journey and the strength that you have been able to garnish in four years is so incredibly inspiring. The fact that you ran a 5K, like, what? <laughs> that, that's hard to do with two legs, my goodness, you know what I'm saying? So that, that's like super, super dope. So when everything is said and done, what do you want your legacy to be? So I want my legacy. What do I want my legacy to be? I want my legacy to be someone who has been able to, to, to take what life has thrown at them and use it in order to create something amazing, great, and powerful. I want to be able to, I want to be sort of that example of someone who has taken lemons and made lemonade out of it, taken a bad situation and, and used it in order to really be a, the, 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 the embodiment of something powerful, which is resilience and being able to use, you know, the things that we don't really like to happen to us in our life as what triggers us to be able to reach our greatest uh, accomplishments. And so, so yeah, so that's where I want my legacy to be. I feel as though, you know, I wouldn't have been moving in this direction in my life had I not had this defining moment, this situation that just changed my life completely. 
However, as a result, and, and I had to deal with the loss of the person who was closest to me at that point in time in my life. And so dealing with that was, it's tragic, it's sad, but it has allowed me to become the person I was supposed to be, which is someone who can inspire, motivate, and give people hope in times where they least expect it, where they feel hopeless. That is so beautiful. Go ahead and tell everybody where they can find you book you and grab your book please yes 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 so i got a couple of sites i want to mention here first off my name is tyran jackson so if you want to find me you can find me on linkedin at tyran jackson facebook tyran jackson on instagram tyran jackson official that's where you can just find me directly you can go to my platform my platform is reborn resilient and so if you go to RebornResilient.com, you can get information about my, my programs and what I talk about if you want to book me for any type of speaking engagement. You can also find me on the social media sites at Reborn Resilient as well. So you go to RebornResilient.com or look up Reborn Resilient and you'll see information about me and the things that I'm doing in order to help change lives through my speaking. Lastly, I want to in- invite for those who want to get the book, This book that's right over here, over my shoulder, is uh, called Choosing Resilience. All things work together for good. You can get that book from my website, RebornResilient.com, or you can go to ChoosingResilience.net, and you can get your own copy, autograph, signed, and sent to you. But if you are having a hard time dealing with the loss, or you have ever loved someone before and had that taken away, or you just need to have insight on how to be stronger with the day-to-day challenges that we have and need to learn how to build that resilience to a higher level, then you need to get this book. So you can go to choosingresilience.net and buy it directly. Awesome, awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. I truly, truly appreciate you. No problem. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure tonight. And thank you for letting me be a part of your platform, and I hope that this touches and inspires people out in your crowd. Thank you so much. Have an amazing day. All right, you do the same. Take care. Thank you. Next legacy.